Welcome to the podcast of Raleigh Road Baptist Church. This is a podcast for church members by church members. A podcast dedicated to discussions related to the local church. I'm Pastor Tyler. I'll be one of your hosts and contributors for our discussions. Thank you for tuning in today. Episode number two, we've got it titled, The State of Christianity and Church According to Two Generations, which is very much on purpose, Austin, because (laughs) you are not in my generation. Yeah, a little younger. Austin, how old are you? 26 years old. 26? I remember when I was 26. (laughs) Actually, I'm getting to the age where I don't remember as much when I was 26. (laughs) Hey, listen, I, I chose the intro music. Just for you, because you're you know, oh, you're yeah. young and hip. Yeah, yeah. I, I know <laughs> the I know the listeners can't see this, but your hair is phenomenal. Today. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Austin. Um, just so everybody gets to know you a little bit, uh, for those that may not know you at Raleigh Road, mm-hmm. uh, how long have you been at Raleigh Road? Um, about three years now. Um, trying to think of the exact time. I came here basically June 2020. Um, first, well, we visited two churches. Um, we visited Redemption here in Wilson, and then we visited Raleigh Road, and Raleigh Road's where we landed. So. Yeah. So remind us again how old you are. Some people are still in shock of the number uh, you threw out a minute uh, ago. <laughs> 26. It's 26. <laughs> Man. Um, Austin, where in Raleigh Road do you currently serve? I currently help out with the youth, um, and also I've been trying to, you know, be more intentional with helping out in the college career group, I guess is what we call it. They call it a college group, but I'm like, there's 27 year olds and me and all that in there. So we're not really college anymore, but try to help out there. Um, but mostly been helping in the youth for the most part. Well, you've got some ministry past. I mean, mm-hmm. ministry was, um, but correct me if I say this wrong, but it was a desire of yours once upon a time. Mm-hmm. You were at the Florida Baptist College. Yeah. Yeah, went there for a short time, tried to do their um, missions aviation program, Mm -hmm. Uh, ended up running out of money. Uh, (laughs) So that kind of got sidetracked, Um, but really kind of grew up around ministries. Um, Parents went to Bible college, um, Mm -hmm. helped out at multiple camps, summer camps, Um, did like after school Bible clubs, all that. Um, Brother-in-law's a pastor, so it's kind of been around it my whole life. (laughs) Yeah, so... you're, you've got an older sister who you just said she's married to a pastor. Mm-hmm. They're in where? I know Northern Virginia somewhere. Yeah, Lovettsville, Virginia. Okay. Um, and he's pastor of Lovettsville Baptist Church. So. Which is another Pillar Network church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then a younger sister that's here in our student ministry and part of our church. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to ask her later what her future <laughs> desires and goals and all things there you go. <laughs> are. Uh, podcast experience. You want to do a little mm-hmm. shameless plug to where you also... Yeah, so uh, me and another um, member here, Chris Long, um, mm-hmm. along with his friend Nate Pearson, and uh, people probably remember this guy, Ronald Taylor. Um, we do, oh, and James Flowers, I forgot he joined us too. Um, we do a little podcast called Small World Podcast, and they do actually a few podcasts now. They do, they just started one. I'm blanking on the name about it. Sorry, Chris. Um, do Discourse, I think what they call it. Um, but yeah, we haven't been doing much recently because I've been a little busy. 
<laughs> um, we'll go ahead and tell us why. A little yeah, busy. So currently in the process of wedding planning and buying a home. Um, so that kind of is taking all of my time on every weekend till that point. So hoping once that all is done, I'll have some weekends free to start doing that again. <laughs> so yeah. which we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so a few weeks away. So April is the date, April the 15th. Mm-hmm. That's it. Tax day. You'll forever remember that for your anniversary. <laughs> yeah. So I'll remember it more for, for the anniversary part, not tax day. That's but. right. That's right. <laughs> well, also glad that you are with us in this episode. I purposefully wanted a little bit of time with someone not in my generation and mm-hmm. in a younger generation because I want to talk about the state of Christianity and the church. And here's how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want us to discuss some topics that we see in Christianity and within the local church and, and have a little fun with these topics, okay. because I'm hoping that some of these topics kind of are fleshed out a bit more in future episode, episodes. Mm-hmm. The little fun with our topics is taking a topic and, and answering the question, are you encouraged mm-hmm. with what you see in the local church or within Christianity as a whole? Yeah. Or are you concerned? Mm-hmm. And you can't just say an answer and leave us yeah. blank. We, you got to give a little bit. So uh, you, you speak to some things. I'm going to speak to some things. Okay. Let's get started. All righty. How about this one? We'll start out with an easy one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Preaching. Okay. Austin. Mm-hmm. State of Christianity in, in the church today. Mm-hmm. Encouraged or concerned with preaching? So... I hope you don't think this is a cop-out answer, but um, a little bit of both. Um, I'm encouraged by the boldness. Um, I'm encouraged by people wanting to speak truth and basically, you know, just say what the Bible says and not, I guess, contort their own, I guess, earthly opinions into it is the best way to say it. Um, But in the same side, I also see other churches where they have that same boldness, but their human opinions are coming into play. Um, so we see almost like this, uh, like a dogmatic um, approach towards yep. preaching. Um, and there's not, you don't, it's not really portraying love. It's just portraying dogma, I guess is the best way to put it. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's it's almost encouraging just their opinion, really, instead of sound biblical preaching. But kind of going back to the good side of that, though, when a church is on that sound biblical preaching, I am encouraged to see that people are like, this is what it says, and we're not changing it. Um, and like in our church, for example, like I think you do a great job of portraying what the Bible says, and this is what it says. My opinions are out of this. This is just what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I've seen you up on the pulpit. It's, you seem like you're kind of getting hit by it too. Like we're all getting hit by it. Yeah. And like, this is speaking to all of us, you on the, in the pulpit and us in the congregation. So yeah, that, that's a good point. If the text is not somewhat preached to me first, mm-hmm. I don't think I can correctly preach the text yeah. to the local church. Exactly. And that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Man, insight. You're 26 year old. I, uh, mm-hmm. I want to point out just the fact that you're in not my generation. Yeah. <laughs> I've made it to other ages, mm-hmm. but I'm 40, by the way, in case you're aware. Yeah. <laughs> but you're 26, thinking about preaching. 
Mm-hmm. When when did the topic of preaching even become a concern for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I can speak for everybody in my generation, but like, I've, I'll put it this way. I have been in some not so great churches as I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of hearing good preaching, it kind of made me more concerned. Like when I went from hearing bad preaching to going mm-hmm. to hearing good preaching, like I'd say it really, I really didn't start thinking about it until I was probably late teenage. Because that's when I was really starting to just listen. And instead of just kind of being distracted in church, I was actually listening. And that's when I kind of became more concerned about it. Because if you hear something off, especially to someone who grew up in some churches that weren't great, when you hear something off, you almost have like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, what did he just say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then at that point, that's when I just turn off and I can't listen anymore. It's like, he said that, that kind of just messed up everything. Um so, like I said, I don't know if I could talk for everybody, but at least in my experience, it was around when I was like late teenage years of actually tuning in to what he was actually saying. Sure. So, <laughs> well, listen, if if you had a cop out answer with both, yeah, <laughs> then I'm going to take your cop out answer and encourage you because that's my answer too. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a little bit of both for me. I'm encouraged because I I see uh, expository preaching. Mm-hmm. being more emphasized and and I'm I'm talking about where the text as you said yeah. it's the text it's all about the text it's not the preacher's opinion mm-hmm. it, it's not even a certain specific style yeah it's the text the text is being taught mm-hmm. and it and in that sense for as far as the preacher I can speak to this personally mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure that's taken off the preacher you don't have to go every week and find a text that fits your agenda yeah, yeah. You can just preach through a passage, uh, uh, an entire letter, and there's power in that. Mm-hmm. So I, I I see that 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 journey through Scripture. I, I see people thinking, man, th- this is what the church gathering is. Yeah, to be equipped mm-hmm. with the text. So I'm encouraged with that. You know, that focus on expository preaching. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm still concerned. Mm. I, I get comments. I, Questions I think that come sometimes from the mentality of the person in the in the seat that that says, "Hey, preacher, just tell me what I need to know." Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, that's not shepherding. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want robots. I want learned thinkers. Yeah, to, to hear it and actually be able to apply it themselves, kind of thing. Yeah, and and you know, there's still that mentality out there. If somebody says, "Hey, hey, why don't you preach on this or preach on that?" Mm-hmm. It's like you know, there's sometimes that you do need to address some issues. Mm-hmm. I don't personally go after those issues because I just have the mentality that the text will take me there when God's timing takes us as a church there. Yeah, um, but you know that a little bit of concern because it's like that. I don't know if that's how you handle the pulpit correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I've seen a lot of places. It's what you call it topical preaching, preaching I guess. It's certain. Yeah, okay. Because like, I've seen that in a lot of, I don't know, I've been around a lot of Southern Baptist churches. Um, so I've seen that a lot in Southern Baptist church. They'll go on like a, they'll have one topic and they'll mm-hmm. find verses in the Bible to go around that topic and they'll call it expository because like we're on the same topic. Yeah. But I'm like, but it's still a topic and you're just pulling spots from the Bible to fit that topic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I see that a lot. Um, especially 
It's dangerous. It is dangerous because you're just kind of like, yeah, you may be preaching the text, but you're kind of warping it to fit that. And when you're warping it to fit that topic, you're not seeing the text as whole. You're taking out of context, it feels like. Sure. So, yeah. And many times the motivation for that topical preaching is make the people happy. Yeah. You know, addressing certain topics that you can get people support from. Yeah. And the danger is if you're picking and choosing these topics in the text, mm-hmm. you may never, as the preaching pastor, you may never preach the entire Bible. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, wait a minute, the Bible even says we need to preach the whole counsel of God. Yeah. <laughs> 66 books of this thing. Mm-hmm. So. Even the boring ones in numbers, those are okay, important. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so Austin, you... According to two generations, both our generations completely dodged the first topic. So (laughs) let's see if we can do better or more specific with the second topic. Let's go here next. I want to talk about discipleship, but I want to hone this in a little bit more specific. Mm -hmm. Discipleship as a personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean by this. So before you say encourage or or concern, (laughs) here's what I'm talking the Great Commission, mm-hmm. make disciples. That's the main verb, mm-hmm. make disciples. In the church, do you see the church having or taking personal responsibility of the call to make disciples as a Christian? I would say in the m- recent years, I would say yes. Um, so encouraged. Yes, yeah, because yeah. we're starting to get to the point where there people are being more intentional about it. It's just, I feel like we do need to concentrate our energy a little bit more. Like instead of making it just a, another thing to do like on a Wednesday morning or something like that mm-hmm. is yes, we need to do that. We need to be with other believers and discipleship, disciple others, but to be more intentional about it, I guess, instead of just going through a passage, like asking how we are doing, like how was, you know, struggle with anything this week and being like open with others because that's something it's very hard to do and i feel like i'm not gonna call well i'm kind of gonna call out not your generation but the generation before yours oh, <laughs> so now you're making people mad no. okay all right go for it Austin. <laughs> so i feel like this idea of keep your emotions to yourself mm. keep your thoughts to yourself just man up and get through it mm-hmm. was taught a lot and i feel like we kind of have to get rid of that like because we need to open up to others we need to be let let others basically break the walls down with others and be more intentional about you know letting them see who we are not just in front of them but who we are even though like who we really are yeah like they always say your real person is who you are when you're alone people need to know who that person is especially in a discipleship purpose um they need to know how to address that person not the person who looks good, who's dressed up and is all smiling on Sunday morning kind of thing. So, Yeah, and, and to, the, to the folks who hold that view of keep the emotions in, don't, don't let others in, it, you know, it's not weakness in masculinity or femininity that you do open up. Yeah. That you don't connect that to a weakness of somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Austin, you're of a generation that... You know, is seen to be different than those other generations that 
mm-hmm. hold tight to their emotions. You can you have a stereotype in your generations that you do open up, mm-hmm. that you do allow yourself to be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But is it natural? I mean, to, to be vulnerable? Yes. I would say, I mean, it's not natural to be vulnerable, no, because that takes, I think it takes courage to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, to, I think you are being manly kind of in a way. I'll put that in air quotes to um, be vulnerable um, because you're letting people see a side of you that is real, basically. You're letting them see the real you. And I don't know, that's kind of scary. Like, if they know you're all your sins, all that, you're like, are they going to judge me for this? Like, that kind of thought. Like, is my reputation going to be smeared kind of thing? But I say in my generation, though, they're... The, the reason we have that stereotype of we're being open a lot of times is because, yeah, we're being open, but in a way that glorifies us, not, I guess, shows us the real person. Oh, that's good. So, because I have seen that a lot. They're like, oh, you guys are just always talking about your emotions and stuff. But it's, yeah, in a way to kind of build yourself up, you want to pat on the back saying it's going to be okay instead of hard truth, I yeah. guess. Like, I don't know, like you see the whole certain movements and stuff you're like hey you open up about the way you are but that's just making yourself feel better about yourself oh so vulnerability for the sake of self-glory yes it's just to make yourself feel better not to be called out for your brokenness so that's not what you're talking about it's not biblical vulnerability no no that's not in my generation it's not biblical vulnerability i would say man (laughs) that's a mic drop situation right there so Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, you know, you, you state it, you're encouraged. Discipleship mm-hmm. is a personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we shared notes or anything before this, but that is my answer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm encouraged. Uh, you know, I look at Raleigh Road Baptist Church, I, I see what D groups have been the last few years. And mm-hmm. I, man, I, people that have been through D groups and, and been a part of multiple D groups, mm-hmm. their comments to me are, man, this is awesome. Yeah, we're not just journeying through the text together. We're we're truly involved. Yeah, with one another. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I, mm-hmm. I think about what Ministry Institute mm-hmm. has has done at this church. I mean, your your parents mm-hmm. went through. We we've now had we're, we're close to a third graduating class. Okay, I think what all that has shown me is people are are. It's encouraged me because people are saying, "Man, there's a lot more to Christianity than I ever knew." Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to the local church. There's so much more to study. There's so much conversation that you know, Scripture's clear. We we really have a duty. We really have a task, mm-hmm. and that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I just see that the the healthy churches that are out there, it seems like the church members in those churches mm-hmm. see that discipleship's a personal responsibility. Yeah, and the more they learn, the more they're like, oh. This is what we need to do. Yeah. And I don't know. I think like a church that does that is going to be more attractive to anyone. Like they're not, they're not going to like the being called out part, but when they see that Mm -hmm. loving community, they're going to be like, whoa, like something's different about this. For all generations. Yes. For all generations. Yeah. Um, And, you know, especially if, you know, God is softening their heart towards that, you know, then they're going to be like, oh, this is where I need to be. And, then wow. we can actually start applying what we're hearing. <laughs> so. Wow. 
Man, we're getting some good stuff. Yeah. Um, let, let's move on. I've got a third topic. I, I don't even, I think we've got seven in total. So we're on number three. Okay. How about this one? Again, we'll start out broad, but I want to narrow it. Okay. Broad detail is missions. Mm-hmm. But here's the narrowing of that topic. Missions related to church planting. Mm-hmm. So specifically, a local church, such as Raleigh Road, yeah. seeing missions being related to church planting. Okay. Encouraged? Concerned? So I kind of wrote a... my What I wrote in my notes is encouraged, but could need, need some work. Um, <laughs> there's hope you're saying yes there is hope yeah. uh, <laughs> alright explain your almost not answer to my question Okay, <laughs> so I'm encouraged seeing like church planning like I think Raleigh Road is doing great um, we with seeing what's going on in Honduras and everything but I will say like I would like to see more of a local church planting like development um, because it's so easy to get caught up into the grand scale of international work. Cause you're like, it's this, it's easier to advertise. I'll put it that way. Oh yeah. It's easier to talk about. Cause this is, we went this place. We all did this, these things here, all this work is done, which is great. That's nothing wrong with that, but it's easier to advertise that than something down the road, like Greenville, Rocky Mount, Sharpsburg, you know, and kind of talking about church planning as a whole, I, I noticed this, um, I lived around Southern Seminary for a while. I was like, there are the so Southern Seminary. The Southern Seminary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, there's so many good churches in Louisville, but there's only like, well, first, well, we lived in a town called Salem, Indiana. There was no good churches in Salem. There was no good churches in Evansville, like little, little towns around Louisville. And I'm like, why can't we go out? And then of course you heard about churches around there. They'd plant churches in Turkey. They plant churches in, I don't know, this is a broad one, Iran. I don't know, like all over the place, but you never heard about these small towns right in our backyard being reached. Um, Austin, do you think, because I'm with you in this thought, Mm -hmm. International church planning, in which we've done at yeah. Raleigh Road, yeah, uh, La Crosa Church, and and we've got mm-hmm. previous church members of, of Raleigh Road serving as elders, yeah, at the church. So, but yes, definitely a kingdom work, mm-hmm. but by and large, for Raleigh Road as a local church ourselves, mm-hmm. is it easier mm-hmm. for the church member at Raleigh Road mm-hmm. to have that plant internationally? Because maybe something local would have a bit more, got to get your hands dirty, your feet wet. Yeah. Skin in the game a bit more. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say that is fair because I, I kind of, I wrote a note down here. This is a little, my little zinger. <laughs> um, I said, because, you know, if we talk to people locally, there's, I'd say more repercussion because if they don't like us, they live down the street and they see us every day, there's this awkward tension. Um, and I put on my note, I said, it's more, we're more enthusiastic to talk about, I said, Horatio in Argentina instead of Jeff two doors down. Like, mm. Because you're right, though, we are getting more skin in the game when it's 
right down the road because you know when we're in our area word spreads about you um like if there's a bad interaction or action you have the fear of oh watch out for that guy mm-hmm. you know he's one of those bible thumpers you know <laughs> well, and, so. yeah and and i i've i've found people with this mentality and i've had to check myself with this mm-hmm. if let's take la carosa mm-hmm. if the church is successful mm-hmm. five ten fifteen years and it's a healthy local church man we we praise and celebrate that. Yeah. If the church plant internationally fails, mm-hmm. it, it we don't feel that burden. It's almost disconnected from us. Yeah. Yeah. If a church plant is in Greenville, mm-hmm. and we've been there to multiple services, mm-hmm. we've we've maybe sent people, we've sent a lot of resources in various ways. Mm-hmm. If they're healthy, we sure can praise and celebrate that. But what if it fails? I think we feel that. Yeah. More. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against the international. It's just, mm-hmm. it's much easier to drive to Greenville than it is to uh, go Honduras. to Honduras or yeah. <laughs> anywhere yeah. else. So, mm-hmm. but we got to catch ourselves. We need to see the church planning both domestically and internationally. Yeah, in a yeah. healthy sense. Yeah, and of equal importance as well. So, well, you know, I think my answer to this one is concerned. Mm. Um, and, and I'm just going to share two areas where this conversation has been occurring in a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's our missions committee, the other's in our elder body. Mm-hmm. I, our missions committee has spent quite a bit of time last year going through a book specifically to talk about biblical missions. Yeah. So I think I would just do good in sharing what that conversation was and what a lot of their thoughts have kind mm-hmm. of been questioned yeah. or changed, which is fine and good, but this is where the concern comes in because it seems like missions, rather than connecting to church planting mm-hmm. or local churches for the sake of kingdom work, is connected more to community service. Mm. And, and again, this is where missions committee has been discussing and talking. These are good things. Yeah. To be clear, good things, serving others, meeting the needs of others, all good. Mm-hmm. But there are times that those good areas of service don't always allow for a gospel opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so you can end up doing a lot of good things and putting a lot of resources towards good things, but not seeing conversions, mm-hmm. maybe never seeing a local church birth from the efforts. Yeah. Certainly then not church planting. Mm-hmm. So... I share that concern. I just know our committee's been involved with that. But to echo your conversation, our elders have been working through some conversation uh, for some 2025 mm-hmm. goals, 2030 goals. That mm. In conversation now, in order to share at a later date with the congregation, mm. but one of those deals with more intentionality of involving ourselves with church plants and church planters. Mm-hmm. And being more intentional with our local neighbors. Yeah. I mean, just think right behind the church facility, we've got a neighborhood Mm -hmm. that I'm just taking a wild guess here. There's a lot of them that need the gospel, Mm -hmm. that need a local church. Mm. They may not know it yet. Yeah. (laughs) But the need is there. Mm hmm. So that local involvement side of things. And I just think because those conversations are happening today, they're good, healthy conversations. Mm -hmm. I think they're happening because 
there's been a concern of how biblical missions has been seen. Yeah, yeah. So biblical missions related to specifically church planting. Mm-hmm. All right, some work to be done there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Probably need to unpack that even why we have a conviction about church planning related to missions. Mm-hmm. Okay, future episode. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Future episode. <laughs> How about this one? This one's a little different category. Mm-hmm. Um, church community, mm-hmm. or I'll throw in this word, culture. Okay. I'm talking uh, the, the behavior of the people based on what they believe. Okay. So a church has two elements. Mm-hmm. It's got the belief system, and it's got how they behave according to the belief system. Mm-hmm. Got gospel doctrine and gospel devotion. Okay. Okay. So, encouraged or concerned about what you're seeing, local churches and the community or the culture of the people. Oof. Um. <laughs> so. I'm I'm probably going to have to say concerned a little bit. Um, All right. Mostly because churches can be cliquish. Um, okay. And when we're cliquish, it's not that we want to be intentional, but we're like, yes, we want to be intentional, but we still don't really get out of our comfort zone that much. Um, and I guess the best way to put it is, you know, we get comfortable, I feel like. Mm. And when we get comfortable, we're not really, we're just promoting our church culture, not looking at the community as a whole, I feel like. Um, so I, I would say concerned, but it's just because it seems like, I don't know, a church almost gets too close in it sometimes, but in, not in like a discipleship way, but in a, we're not going to talk to anybody else way. Like, and we're not this beacon of love in a community kind of thing. We're just like, oh, there's the church people over there kind of thing. Um, but in the culture of like like our relationships, I feel like we're very intentional about it. Um, there's room for improvement, but I feel like we're very intentional. We're trying to push a biblical culture. Um, but it's just, I feel like we kind of tight about it. You know, I feel like we mm-hmm. need to spread that out a little bit. <laughs> so you're 26 years old. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I would say that there are other folks listening of different generations that would probably mm-hmm. say, yeah, seen that, yeah, experienced that. Mm. Church can be clickish. Mm-hmm. You telling me that you've experienced this of church already at your age? I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> um, just because, you know, you kind of look around and you see the same people every Sunday and you're like, what, what else? can we do, you know, um, like you said about the neighborhood in the back, like, well, what else can we do to reach and be a loving community, a biblical loving community? Um, so, which I felt like, I don't remember. Was it summer two weeks ago? You're saying where we always have to be, um, influencing like, yeah. Beginning of Titus two. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. I feel like, we need to look at that more like, and realize, you know, we're always an influence in, in church, outside of church. And in that, like there can be, sorry, I got a call. <laughs> we'll forget. So you. there you go. <laughs> um, 
I feel like that. I'm trying to put my words together, but we kind of carry that church culture here, but we don't really carry it anywhere else in a way sometimes. Um, And in like the fact, like, I don't know, the work to life ratio is sometimes thrown off. We're more concerned about our work than anything else. Um, And I feel like this, the culture, it needs to take all of us, not just who we are on Sunday and who we are when we're helping in the community and all that. It needs to be a 24 seven thing. Um, and that way we can be more intentional. If people see a bold Christian 24 seven at work, at home, at church, in the community, like then we could be that intentional community. Wow. Um, so it's good, <laughs> man. Well, okay. You said concern. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I wonder if my encouraged mm-hmm. answer is got a lot of hope in it too. Mm. Um, so I'm encouraged, church community and church culture. I, I do see your concerns, though. Mm. I've experienced those. Mm-hmm. But but here's why I would say encouraged. I, I just find more and more people in the church asking the why question. Yeah. And I found in the past that there were a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. as to why things happen in the church. Yeah. Now people are asking, mm-hmm. and I think the previous assumptions are being exposed as wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you ask the question, why is preaching the way that it is? Mm-hmm. Why should discipleship be the way that it is? Why is church planting a focus for biblical missions? Mm-hmm. I think the answers are laced with Scripture principles and understanding. Yeah. So asking the why question is now creating a culture of, well, we're doing this not because we've always done it that way. Yeah, we're doing it because we see the biblical benefit, mm-hmm. or the biblical principle. Yeah, we're just being faithful. Mm-hmm. So th- there's an area of encouragement. I I think we'll go back to one of your answers earlier. Encouraged, concerned, but hopeful. Yeah, you know, <laughs> areas I, of growth, those kind of things. Yeah, man, I, this is good so far. Anything <laughs> else you want to add about that one? Yeah, I would say kind of like hearing what you're saying though. I feel like though that can. In, that is encouraging to hear um, that people are more interested, you yeah. know, and being more intentional about that. Um, but I would say, like, and you'll you'll hear it because it's in your generation and you're, you know, in the pastor role. Um, but I feel like we should be having that as a whole. Like, maybe I wasn't because I just wasn't hearing those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, spread it around, kind of like we should all be talking about it. Um, oh, yeah. So, which that... That kind of goes back to the discipleship groups and stuff. We be more intentional there, and maybe even in life groups and stuff. And preaching to myself, I should be more intentional. So, <laughs> you know, but I, maybe that's why we disagree on that. It's just my thought. <laughs> hey, that's fine though. Hey, this is according to two generations. Oh, there you go. So it's fair to say we both have the right mm. to be wrong. There you go. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, so I've got three other topics, but I kind of want to take them a little different direction. So a little, okay. little bit more kind of rapid fire, mm-hmm. but playing off the fact that you're 26 mm-hmm. and you are not my generation <laughs> and you're not others' generation, but you are mm-hmm. some's yeah. same generation. Mm-hmm. I got a couple topics that I, I want to hear from you specifically. Obviously, you're on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can attempt to be somewhat of a reflection of those that you've talked to as well that are of your generation Mm -hmm. regarding Christianity in the church. 
Mm-hmm. What about the conversation of church and politics? Church. Now, now, let me prep you just a little yeah, bit. Okay. <laughs> Big conversation going around here recently about Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just in a very unhealthy way connecting patriotism and, uh, you know, just Christian, that nationalistic view to the Christianity. Yeah. And the application of this is, you know, in the church calendar. Mm-hmm. What do you do with national holidays? Because in my experience of being a pastor, mm-hmm. people have gotten really upset with this. Mm. It, people have even left the church, mm. or they've made the hot cultural or hot political topics a desired emphasis yeah. inside yeah. the church. <clears throat> so mm. I'm asking you this. I'm saying this mm-hmm. being as patriotic as I think the next yeah. person is. It, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that drives me crazy when people don't take their hat off for the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, that's just where I stand. Yeah. But it, there is some separation between Christianity and, mm-hmm. and, and politics or patriotism, those things, but there's also some integration of them too. Mm-hmm. Your generation. Yeah. W- how much care, how much concern, mm-hmm. where does church and politics fall? So... I would say my generation, we probably at first, like we struggle with mixing them too much. Um, But a lot of people I've noticed, the older they get, the more they're like, politics, like we just could care less because it's just a mess. (laughs) Um, And I don't know, like, I can't say this for all of my generation, but a lot I've talked to have had the same feeling, like our Christianity is supposed to completely affect politics or politics are not supposed to affect our Christianity. Mm. Um, so in that way of like, it's supposed to affect every decision. Um, and we're supposed to look at everything biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say my generation though, just as a quick answer though, like we kind of cared, but now we're like, you know, politics is like, this is just a mess. <laughs> like it's because we've seen, I don't know, seeing like growing up, you know, we saw, the tragedy of like terrorism we saw like economic crisis we saw all these issues not all were caused by politics but we saw a lot of issues that were just seems like politicians created the issue and we're like they're both just fighting each other and it's just like we care less about it now mm-hmm. so like i'd say a lot of my generation has that feeling um yeah just it's messy and like our hope's not there because it's messy we have we have a true hope and that's not it so. But yeah, and I think you know, I think there's wisdom within mm-hmm. the church to to teach and discuss political mm-hmm. things. Yeah, um, I think there's wisdom in understanding mm-hmm. what's going on in the world and in our nation, and mm-hmm. I think there's wisdom in all that. But I think I think what you said there at the end was probably the liner of mm-hmm. let's just make sure if it does enter the church, it's yeah. prioritized correctly. Our hopes not in politics. Yeah. Our hopes not in a government mm-hmm. or even a nation. Mm-hmm. Our hope is in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. Man. Okay, here's another one. Your generation. Mm-hmm. Song selection. Okay. So for some people, this is massively controversial. Yeah. <laughs> what songs should you pick? What songs mm. should you sing in the corporate gathering? Yeah. I'm not talking about the radio driving around the road. Mm-hmm. Song selection. How much for your generation is this a concern, mm. a 
care? Hmm. What do you think? Can I give it a two-part answer? <laughs> Briefly. <clears throat> okay. Because, <laughs> like, I, I kind of want to give, like, my what my generation thinks and then kind of what I think, if that's okay. Um, like, I feel like my generation were more about the show um, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people, and I've even heard people my age say, oh, the preaching was good, but I just couldn't get into the worship. And it's like, mm. not what it's about. <laughs> Like, it's not about us. And I feel like a lot of the times my generation looks at us in the us factor. Um, and this may be other generations too. I don't know. But like, we look at what do we get out of this worship? How does it make me feel? How did it sound like? Um, it's too much of a focus on us, I feel like. Um, so then song selection becomes important for the songs to remind us or teach us yes, who ex- the correct focus is. Exactly. Okay. Um, and kind of going into my opinion, that exactly what you said. Like, songs, we have, first of all, like, we need to make sure it's not a show. We, we have to, like, when we do the call to worship, like, which I appreciate what you do, like, this is what we're here for. Mm. Um, just kind of like a reminder, we're worshiping God, not us kind of thing which I know you don't explicitly say that, but that's what I get out of every week. (laughs) Like a reminder of like, this is what we're here for. Um, And song selection, if you're not careful, a lot of songs out there are about us. Mm -hmm. It's like, which I mean, some of them can be good, but it's like saying kind of like, like, oh, this is what Jesus does for me. This is about me. But it's supposed to be glorifying God. Like, I don't know. Like if we're not glorifying God, what's the point? you know, um, because it's worship. If it's not glorifying God, it's just singing. Yeah. It's, that's kind of the way I feel about it. But I feel like my generation, though, definitely needs some work on that because mm-hmm. it's a lot about the show. Um, I mean, you see whole, if you look at like church social media, they're very directed, like big church social media, they're very directed mm-hmm. showing the worship because that's what draws the young people and the other people in and not necessarily what they're teaching or, yeah, so. Wow. Okay. Good word. Good perspective. <laughs> You're giving us your viewpoint from your generation context. Hey, one last one for you. Okay. All right. April 15th coming around. You're getting yeah. married. <laughs> I'm doing the, the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't journeyed through our premarital counseling conversations yet. This yeah. conversation's coming, but let's get your quick perspective. <clears throat> if you guys are looking... Mm-hmm. For a new church as a young married couple, mm-hmm. depending on where you end up living, depending on the context of things, yeah. whether it's here at Raleigh Road or somewhere else, mm-hmm. what do you guys look for? Your generation, mm-hmm. what are you looking for in a church? So, sound doctrine is my biggest important. Like your number one sound doctrine. Sound doctrine, because like in in the sound doctrine being like you know, preaching from the text, not from our feelings. And that kind of, that can be a whole can of worms right there. But sound doctor, number one priority, because if you're not getting that right, you're not getting a lot of other things right. (laughs) Um, Second would be community, um, seeing if people are intentional, um, which you're never going to find a perfect church. I'm 100% aware of that. If you find a perfect church, I always told get out of there because you're going to mess it up. (laughs) Um, So, but just seeing that people are intentional, um, not seeing 
like if I go into a place and there's a lot of, I hear a lot of distrust with the leadership and all that, I'm like, there's an issue here. Um, now, if I go to like a church that's being, I guess, revitalized, I guess, then I would be like, oh, you know, he's got to work. Like God's got to work here. They'll got to trust the leadership and what they're doing to kind of help this congregation. Um, and, but I mean, so you, you may not even necessarily be looking for the healthy church initially. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the church that c- could be healthy because they've got a lot of those mm-hmm. other areas in place. Yeah. So if they set wow. the correct guidelines, yeah. then you can see that, okay, this would be a good church. Um, and then I got to go on my notes. I wrote three things down if I remember right. <laughs> well, you know, and this is interesting to hear from you because mm-hmm. a lot of folks my age mm-hmm. w- would say something like, does the church have a good kids ministry mm. or a good student ministry? Yeah. Is there a good men or women's ministry? Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to your song selection conversation of, you know, well, how we've become a consumer. How mm-hmm. is the church fitting me mm-hmm. rather than... I mean, you're number one sound doctrine. I just wonder how many other people mm. of all generations would say, man, that's what we'd be looking for. Mm. And I have found a lot of people that have changed churches, changed denominations based on the, the offerings of the church rather than the beliefs of the church. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, what was your last one? I'll be real quick with you. Um, I think that was it, actually. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, and then basically saying discipleship, like having people come alongside us, which that'd be kind of part of the community. Yeah, community. Sure, sure. (laughs) Awesome. Man, we flew through some things. It probably Mm -hmm. took a little bit longer than um, than what may may have expected, but we really could have spent more time on all of these topics. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Man, Austin, thank you. Um, I hope uh, two things happen. One, Mm -hmm. you you have said some things that are going to really make other people think. Mm -hmm. So I hope you get... um, Lots of emails from us. <laughs> we give your email address out in another episode. And so send all your complaints or your everything to Austin Newborn. Um, no, but, you know, the mm. people that don't know you at Riley Road get to mm. know you. Yeah. And that's helpful. We need that multi-generational mm. relationship. Yeah. So, Austin, thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, this is truly a resource for you regarding Christianity and church life in today's world. So thanks for tuning in. See you or hear you. Be with you next time.